invest in professional development for your entire organization, boost its potential, and see it grow. Choose Docebo, the world's most powerful platform for corporate learning. Learn more at docebo.com. We're in a sitting room, walls covered in tapestries, inside a castle. It's the mid-18th century in the German countryside. At the opposite sides of a table, two men are having a discussion. As all things have been created for some end, they must necessarily be created for the best end, says the elder to the other, who is his pupil. Then he smiles. On the face of the young pupil, like in a mirror, the same smile appears. The master continues. Observe, for instance, the nose is formed for spectacles, therefore we wear spectacles. The legs are visibly designed for stockings, accordingly we wear stockings. Then he pauses, his smile grows even wider. Finally, he concludes, they, who assert that everything is right, do not express themselves correctly. They should say that everything is best. The elder master is a philosopher. His name is Pangloss. The young student is Candide, protagonist to the masterwork of French thinker Voltaire. For over 200 years, Pangloss has been the icon of a doctrine that justifies and legitimizes everything optimistically. An optimism which legitimizes and justifies the status quo. Despite his many misfortunes, Candide never doubts the words of his mentor. Not when he's sent away from the castle after kissing Cunegonde, the daughter of the Baron. Nor when, shortly after, the Bulgarians sack the castle and butcher the entire family. Lady Cunegonde survives, but is taken captive by the soldiers. As if that weren't enough, Candide is forcefully conscripted into that same army. He deserts, is found, gets beaten, and then sentenced to death. But it's the best of all possible worlds, so he's graced by Frederick the Great. So Candide runs off. He reaches Lisbon. And as soon as he sets foot in the city, a violent earthquake breaks loose. But even this fails to shake his good faith, optimism. It takes optimism. And so Candide crosses the Atlantic in his search for his beloved. He'll find El Dorado, where people walk on streets made of gold, which here is as common as mud. Candide collects some of this gold, and he returns to Europe, where Cunegonde has returned as well. He ends up in France, then England, and finally Venice. He'll be cheated, robbed several times, and even arrested. Candide repeats to himself, everything is good, everything is good, everything is in the best possible way. And so, he prepares himself for his last trip to Constantinople. 2024 has just begun, and if we look at the financial market, it looks just like the Candide. All main indexes tell the same story, that of the best of all possible worlds. However, if we can just ignore for a moment the screens with their stock transactions, we'll see that we're facing a paradox. Or better, we're facing a chain of paradoxes. Perhaps the mirror of the markets is fractured, or perhaps it isn't.
I am Guido Brera, and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance, a podcast by Cora Media, sponsored by Docebo. Speculation, from the Latin speculum, meaning mirror. And so, to speculate is a tricky word. We use it to refer to philosophical, theoretical, and abstract research. But we also use it to indicate concrete actions performed within a certain period of time for profit. It is a term that we sometimes use with a positive meaning and sometimes with negative overtones. In 2024, from the point of view of the financial markets, planet Earth really does seem to be the best of all possible worlds. After the catastrophe of the pandemic, there have been three years of constant growth and a violent uptick in inflation. So violent, in fact, that it almost got out of control. The analysts were all hoping in a soft landing, a gradual relaxation both of growth and inflation, without too much turbulence and without a crash. The current situation is better than even the most optimistic predictions. On the computer screen of the global economy, there's a reassuring text. No landing. Constant growth in flight, and the dead weight of inflation gets lighter and lighter. The worst has passed. The markets are pleased. They toast perhaps retroactively to the theory of transitory inflation, which happily ignores the deeper roots of inflation, such as the cracks in globalization, the slowing of Chinese deflation, the challenges of energy transition. Not only, the specter of inflation has been defeated despite large public deficits and expansive fiscal policies, which traditionally bring about their own inflationary spiral. And these policies are probably going to be left untouched for a while, at least until 2027. And what about the job market? The Federal Reserve estimates a stable unemployment rate for the United States under 4%. Same for the Eurozone. As if that wasn't enough, we have the stock indexes, where the Standard and Poor's 500 has closed 2023 with an increase of almost 25%, and the Nasdaq with almost 55%. These are the best results of the century. The sky couldn't be more blue. And on the horizon, we can already see the shining sun of the future. The revolution in artificial intelligence is already warming up the titles of the giants of big tech. NVIDIA, the American microchip giant, has closed the year with an amazing growth of almost 250%. Zuckerberg's company, Meta, has recovered from its vertical tumble in 2022 and has bounced back by 194%. Mark Zuckerberg himself has also increased his personal fortune by $80 billion. All this, mostly, in a constant frame of falling interest rates. So, can we say that we live in the best of all possible worlds? The answer that comes from the mirror of these numbers is clear. It's candid. Yes, certainly. And as they say, mirrors don't lie. However, it's also one of the most precious tools of the illusionist. Who knows well that it all depends on where the audience is looking? Like a cone of light that shines one part of the stage, 
and leaves the rest in shadow. Now, in the 2020s, capitalism has fully entered the age of catastrophe. We're in the season of permanent emergency, of thousands of crises which turn into thousands of opportunities, but only for the few. This is the season of the Third World War, submerged, polycentric, undeclared. The new year opens with the ongoing conflict in Gaza. The war in Ukraine has almost completely disappeared from the first pages, but it's still in full sway, with no solution on the horizon. Pain, destruction, death, but also possible instability on the global energy and food market. On the 3rd of January, Iran witnessed the worst bombing in its history. Tehran has blamed the USA and Israel, and the dangers of an ensuing escalation are enormous. The day before, on the 2nd of January, the leading Dutch multinational company for semiconductors, ASML, suspended all orders to China. Apparently, the request came directly from the White House itself. Two days earlier, in his traditional end-of-the-year message to the nation, Chinese President Xi Jinping openly mentioned the need for a reunification with Taiwan. According to Copernicus, the European Union's Earth Observation Program, last year was the warmest since recordings began. The mid to long-term future looks dark. We need a serious ecological change. Instead, what we're seeing is a series of surface actions, nothing but greenwashing. The short-term future is uncertain on both sides of the Atlantic. In 2024, we'll be seeing the elections to the European Parliament as well as those for the U.S. presidency with all the dangers of a nationalist wave and the fury of renewed Trumpism. And suddenly, the reassuring mirror of the markets and financial indicators is starting to bend to show its tricks and illusions to reveal its paradoxes. It's like dropping into something painted by Escher, the arch-illusionist, the master of deception. And suddenly the smiles in these mirrors appear more like menacing grins. At the end of Candide, Voltaire's masterpiece, the protagonist reaches Constantinople and can finally embrace his beloved Cunegonde. With the gold remaining from El Dorado, he buys a small farm outside of the city and cultivates a small garden, a microcosm that is truly the best of all possible worlds. But this choice isn't available to us anymore. Today, our small gardens are strictly connected with one another. Our destinies are fully intertwined, and we can no longer hope that a few low walls will save us from the dangers outside. Perhaps this isn't the best of all possible worlds, but it's the only one we have. Black Box is a Cora News podcast produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docebo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diavoli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Emanuele Moscatelli. Production organization by Alex Peverengo.